the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. We want to invite your attention on this morning to uh, Matthew chapter 20. Uh, We'll begin our reading today at verse 17. God's word reads as follows. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside and on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and crucify, and the third day he will rise again. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? And she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. And he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Would you pray with me this morning, eternal and everlasting God? Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this experience and opportunity of privilege that we have to stand and declare your holy word. Father, I pray that as I preach on this day that you would open up blinded eyes, that you would draw someone who is in darkness into the light, that they might see their need for you, that they might come asking God, what must I do to be saved, that they may surrender their hearts and lives to you, that they might experience everlasting and eternal life as a result of your word. Spirit of God, draw those who have drifted in their fellowship with you. Draw them, God, 
to a point of repentance, a point of reconciliation where they would reunite with you and reconcile their broken differences that they have. Spirit of the Lord, encourage the body of believers and those who have assembled around the word of God. Encourage and edify such as you desire. Lord, have your way in this time and we will give you the glory and the honor and the praise. I am your surrendered vessel. Use me, Lord, as you please. Have thine own way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. When we began this journey, we were in Matthew chapter 20 as well, and we Again, speaking in this series of messages, Opening Blinded Eyes, we spoke from the idea, blind laborers, eyes now open. There, as we looked, we saw that Jesus spoke through this parable that he shared with them. He said, the laborers, the the price that they were to be paid was agreed upon. And then secondly, there was a promise that they would be paid what was right. And then third and finally, we looked at the payment for the laborers, and as we walked carefully through the payment of the laborers, we saw some things that manifest themselves. We saw the calling of the laborers for the payment. We saw the comparison of the laborers' payments that were made. We saw the complaint by the laborers. And then there was the choice of the sovereign owner regarding the payment and concludes by helping them to understand that the first will be last and the last first. Today, we find here some disciples who are asking for preferred seats in the kingdom of God. Jesus explains that the chosen will be sitting on these thrones and they will judge kingdoms with him. Twelve thrones, and he gives them this understanding, this explanation of that that's going to come. Perhaps that along with the fact that Jesus shares with his disciples his soon coming death. Perhaps coupled together, those things provoke this conversation that we have in our text. And bring us to the point of the text that we have where these two brothers, they decide that, well, we need to make our move on our position for the throne. And so, I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, blind disciples, eyes now open. In this story, what we're going to discover is that these disciples' eyes are blinded. The first thing we have in the text as we walk our way through it is the blind request of the disciples. Verse number 20 says, the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, what happens is their mother comes and she brings her sons with them to present this request before Jesus which will ultimately prove that their eyes are blind to the whole situation that's going on in front of them. And he said to her, what do you wish? What are you mumbling about? What do you want? And she said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left hand, in your kingdom. Now, when Jesus responds to them, because this request is interesting, this request that she puts before them is a blind request. They're blinded by their desire to reign and rule over somebody, to be in front of somebody, to have position, to have title, to have preference. They're blinded by all of that, their desires even to be equal with Jesus. And then I thought about this. He said to her, what do you want? And she gives her request. And when he answers in verse 22, he told her, you don't even know what you're asking for. This request just really reveals how blind they really are. They just stopped a couple of years ago 
fishing. When Jesus called them, they were with their dads on the boat in Galilee. They've been following Jesus now for a couple of years. And after a couple of years now, they think that they should be entitled to have preferred seats in the kingdom of God. And that they should be equal with Christ himself. Hmm. Wait, 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 wait a minute. But Christ, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, who's been sitting on his throne since eternity past, he's the one that spoke worlds, kingdoms, and galaxies into existence. And he's left Father, angels, and thrones, and dominions in heaven. He's taken off his royal diadem, walked through 42 generations to come into a sinful world to hang out with them. And now all of a sudden, they think they're equal with him? They think that they should have an equal seat in the kingdom with him. Lord, have mercy. And to have the audacity to even make the request. It's a blind request. And I have a further problem with the request. They weren't man enough to go ask themselves. They put their mother in front of them. And so here they come like a couple of chunks behind their mama and letting their mother ask the request. And how do I know that they did that? Because their mother was not present when Jesus said, this is how I'm going to lay out things in the future. When the kingdom comes, you're going to sit on 12 thrones with me. Their mother wasn't there when they heard that. So they obviously went and told their mama, Jesus said, we're going to sit on thrones again. They conspired to use her to go before them that perhaps they might gain favor with Jesus. People are blinded by their sinful ambitions, blinded by their desires for power and position, blinded by their desires to be equal when they haven't even put in the work or the time, thinking that they deserve to be where they should not be. Their blind request leads to a blind response. In verse 22, let me read this for you. Jesus answers and said, you do not know what you ask. Here's how I even further know that he's not talking to the mother Even though she asks the question, he responds to the sons because the you here in the text is plural. You do not know what you ask. Jesus knows who the question was really coming from. And he asks the question not to the mother but to the sons. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Here is the blind response. They said, we are able. Somebody should have smacked them right about there. You really think that you're able? It's a blind response. When we're blinded, we're likely to ask for things, not realizing the price that it costs to have it, nor the sacrifice is going to involve in keeping it or what is going to be involved in getting there. When we're blind and our ambitions and our desires are driving our lives, we're oftentimes likely to ask and desire and have responses and think we can handle stuff that we can't even handle. You know, stuff like certain jobs, homes and leadership, children and money, power and position. But oftentimes in life, they're not thinking about all the things that are involved in getting it or keeping it. Jesus asks a question to help them to shed light on how blind they literally are and to expose to them just a glimpse of what it takes to be equal to him. Watch this. In verse 22, he says, you don't even know what you're asking for. Are you able 
to drink the cup that I am about to drink? That question is a question to open up their eyes. Speaking of his crucifixion that he's already spoken of in the earlier verses, are you able to do that? To be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say, yes, we are able. And a lot of people in their blindness, even people that you disciple in in the church and people that you lead and people that follow you on your job and those kind of things, in their blind ambitions and in their arrogance, they believe they can do what you do because they watch what you do and they say, oh, I can do that. These disciples are looking at Jesus and they only been with him for two years. We, We can do what you do. Yeah. Can you drink of the cup that I'm about to drink with? Oh, yes, we're able. That's their answer. It's a blind response. And Jesus responds to these blind disciples. He says, you will indeed drink my cup. You're not going to drink the cup. You're going to indeed drink my cup, which means you're going to drink of the suffering. You're going to go through death, but you can't drink from the cup because you're not able as a disciple to take on the sins of the world. You're not able to shed blood that will wash away all sin. You can't do what I'm about to do. You cannot redeem mankind from all of its sin. You cannot go into the grave and be raised again on the third day with all power in your hand. Oh, no, you can't do what I'm getting ready to do. You can't drink the cup that I'm about to drink of. And yes, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit as I am. But you can't be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with. I'm about to be immersed into hell. I'm about to go into the depths of Hades and release the captives from captivity. You can't do that because you don't have that type of anointing on your life. That's not you. They thought they could, but they were blind. And he was trying to open up their eyes to get them to see. You don't have the power that I have. You're not who I am. Yes, I'm man in the flesh, but I'm God. And I've got an assignment here that only I can do. And he tries to help to to see this, to open up their eyes because they're blind. Watch this. Their blind requests and their blind response leads to their blinders being removed. They want these prepared seats in the kingdom of God. They think they're entitled to them. They think they're able to do what Christ does and to be equal with him. That's what's on their mind. We can be equal. We can be sitting on your right hand. Even as you are equal with God and sit on the right hand of God, we can be equal to you and sit on your right hand. That's their thought. That's their mindset. That's how blind they are. But the blinders need to be removed. So when we pick up in verse number 24, and when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. The ten other disciples hear what's going on. And the blindness that they have, their blindness is for preferred seats. (laughs) Their blindness is to get a a leg up on the other ten. We're going to get ahead of them so that we can get the best seats in the kingdom. And as having the best seats, everyone else will be subordinate to us. So we'll be an authority over everybody else. But listen, blindness creates confusion. And when blind requests come for superiority over others in the kingdom of God, it brings chaos. And chaos is breaking out amongst the disciples right here. Now you got the 12 disciples who are greatly displeased with the other two. 
there's this rumbling going on amongst the 12 disciples that are supposed to be following Jesus. But these two stepped out of order, stepped out of line, thinking that they were better than the others, and they wanted a position better than the others. And now Jesus has to step in and settle all the mess. Jesus steps in to settle this whole issue of their blindness. And in verse 25, Jesus called them to himself. He said, wait, come come over here, guys. Come on, come here. Come here. Do you know, or rather you do know, that the rulers of the Gentiles, that is the heathens, those who don't know God, they lord it over. They lord their leadership. They lord their positions over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. That's what they're really literally asking for. That's what they're pushing for. That's what James and John are trying to, to, to jockey for. And, and watch this. And the fact that they did it has upset the other ten. So now all of them are in this whole argument about position and title and authority and all that. This whole thing is messed up and going on. Because chaos is now breaking out. But Jesus says to them, that's the way the Gentiles do. You know that. That's the way they act. But that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. Not so with you, he says. Not how the kingdom of God works. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, let me, let me read this for you. He says, this is not how it's going to work. Verse 26. It shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, Let him be your servant. Now, right there, I just said a mouthful. Right there, I just, if we could just remove the blinders off church people for a moment. Because throughout the world, church people have this issue of wanting to be great. No, I don't want to be great, Pastor. Well, let's say it like this. Okay. Here's how they want to be great. They want to be great because they want their name on the program. They want to be great because they want to be acknowledged. They want to be great because they want to make sure they get the credit. They want to be great because they want to be the one in the position. They want to be great because they want to be the one called in the place. They want to be great because they want to be the one making the decisions. They want to be great in the way that they are the ones that come up with all the the ways in which things ought to be done. That's how they want to be great. They won't say they want to be great, but that's how they pursue their greatness. That's how they pursue being in this preferred position. They want to be in the preferred positions, in the preferred seats. They think they've earned it. They think they're entitled to it. Jesus says, if you want to be great, it's not a matter of your academic resume. It's not a matter of your your secular experience. It's not a matter of who you know and how much money you have. No, no, no. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, roll up your sleeves, shut your mouth, and get to work. That's what he says. I love it. I love it. Because far, far too often, the people that want to be great, they don't want to serve. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to serve. No, they want to be served. And in essence, the idea, the reason why Jesus unfolds this this way, because the idea that John and James, what they really literally wanted, they wanted to sit in these high seats and be uh, ruling over people and have people serving them. But Jesus turns the script and flips it around and says, that's not how the kingdom of God works. No, the kingdom of God says, if you want to be great, serve. Get your hands dirty. Roll up your sleeves. Jump in the mud with, with, with the workers. Get in there. Everybody seems to want the position, but nobody wants to do the work. 
I know I'm talking to somebody this morning. Matter of fact, ministry leaders, you probably know. Ministry leaders, you, you know, those are the people that, 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 that are in your ministry. And, and they, they want to make sure, don't forget my name on the program. Don't forget to list me. Don't forget to put me. I want to be. And they want to be there for showtime, but they don't want to be there for work time. When the work is to be done, they're absent. They're, they're nowhere to be found. Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you want preferred seats in the kingdom, serve. Then he comes back. And he says, not only that, but he says, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. You want to be first? Commit yourself to be a slave of the people. Wow. What do you mean by that? Commit yourself, in essence, in the kingdom of God, commit your life to being a servant. That will serve the people. Commit yourself, even as Paul calls and declares himself, to be a bond servant of God. To be a slave of God who is a slave of God to serve the people. Lord have mercy. Are willing to commit yourself, commit your ways, commit your time, commit your energy. To commit everything to the kingdom of God and the work of God. Commit yourself. You want to be first? Be a slave. This is the reverse of what the society tells us. This is the reverse of what the world tells us. That's because we are not of this world. We are part of another kingdom. And our kingdom doesn't operate the way this world's kingdom operates. God is pulling blinders off their eyes because they thought they had it. They thought they knew what it took. They thought if I could just convince him to surrender to preferred seats, In the kingdom of God, we will have it made. Not so in the kingdom of God. You want to be great? Serve. You want to be first? Become a slave. You don't have to go begging for seats in the positions that that are in the kingdom. And Jesus lets them know. To give that is not mine's to give. Watch this. But the Father who has already prepared... Those positions, he'll assign whoever's going to sit in those spots. The Bible says promotion does not come from east or west, but all promotion comes from God. And so when you serve, serve with your eyes towards God. If you want promotion, realize he's the one who has already decided who he's going to put where and what that position will be. And even as we operate in this world, keep in mind, as a disciple, we can't walk around blind thinking that we're going to get positions and titles and stuff according to the world. Jesus says, not so with you. Be a servant. Humble yourself and be willing to serve other people. You want to be first? Be a slave and trust God. Because watch this, a slave has to trust his master to take care of all his needs. And Jesus says, if you want to be first, because they're all in this argument about first and preferred positions and titles and all that. He says, look, hold on. You want to be first, commit your life to being the slave. In other words, take the position at the bottom and serve. 
Take the position that you're committed to serving all the time, and then, and then you'll be first. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.